Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. We're taking some time off from our last preparations for the Hotel Alternatives Conference to give you our thoughts on three topics in the news this last week. And arranged around the desk of Insight are Andrew Sankster, our Editorial Director, Catherine Doggle, our Perspectives Editor, and me, Chris Bowne, the Web Editor at Hotel Analyst. Our topics this week are Sleep and Deutsche, uh, what Accor Hotels is doing with Ibis, and what Fuller's is up to. So let's start with Zleep. Zleep has been taken over by the Germans, but in a good way. Uh, yes, well, marginally taken over. They've taken a 51% stake in it. And so Zleep are going to concentrate on the area they know best, which is the chilly north. And as Germans are going to concentrate on the Germany. And this is quite interesting because it gives um, Deutsche a more rounded portfolio, something in the budget sector. And, um, and I think there's plenty for everyone to learn about how to run budget hotels in high staff cost areas, um, because that's something that's going to become ever more relevant, particularly here in Brexit Britain where you're going to have to actually pay people to work in places. Um, so Peter Harbour was telling me that they, in uh, in the Scandies, typically have to pay housekeepers 20 euros. So if that's making any of you feel suddenly rather nervous and full of palpitations, I guess uh, you should uh, gather around and hear how he's done it. I think the most exciting thing for us here at Hotel Analyst was, of course, that this was a deal that we, um, in a small way, helped put together. Um, so Peter Harbour, the CEO of Zleep, met Andrew Harrington, his financial advisor, um, at one of our events. And um, cherry on the cake was that one of our long-term um, subscribers, um, Steigenberger, um, now, of course, Deutsche Hospitality, um, uh, were the buyer so it was we we loved and touched all parts of this deal um, I'm, I'm not actually putting in a, a claim for a fee don't worry if, if any of those parties are listening we're very proud to have had a little small role in um, facilitating this um, and I think it's quite interesting uh, in terms of a deal because I, I think the sort of national stroke regional chains of which Deutsche Hospitality is one a, a good example have been much criticised and seen as as the you know the vulnerable um, sec, uh, vulnerable companies in the market at the moment it, it reminds me a lot of where we used to think about the mid-market sector um, sort of a decade or so ago where we saw the branded budgets coming up from below and we saw the upscale four stars likely to trade down and squish the life out of the the mid-market but of course it didn't happen um, there was pressure but the mid-market reinvented itself and has, has come back in 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 rude health um, and I think in the same way, um, we're going to see some consolidation, perhaps considerable consolidation, of these mid-sized hotel chains like Deutsche Hospitality. But at the same time, we're going to see them reinvent themselves and come at the market in uh, new, innovative ways that enable them not just to survive, but also to thrive. And in, in Deutsche Hospitality's case, this is clearly um, where they've, they've been re um, badged into the umbrella brand Deutsche Hospitality from Steigerberger, which I think was a smart move, uh, led by the previous CEO, Panit Chatwell. And now Thomas Wilms has come in and he's executing on, on some of that vision, adding a bit of his own perspective to it um, and is broadening the range in terms of this, this move into the, the, budget, the budget marketplace with, with Leap. And I think 
there's an edge here they have at Steigenberger, um, sorry, Deutsch, um, in, in that they are prepared to take on leases. And it's a big, big challenge for any um, large um, branded company to take on leases if they're from the sort of Anglo-Saxon world. So all the global majors are very much ruling out leases, as to, in fact, are Accor. Um, so therefore, the range of options you have are much more limited. And I think Deutsch can make hay in markets like the German-speaking markets where leases prevail, and also in, in Scandinavia where leases dominate too. So I think we're going to see um, um, an opportunity open up here for for players like um, Deutsch to get in there. And in fact, if, if, if we look at what Peter Harbour's been up to in the forming of um, Core Hospitality, um, which is his third-party management wing, his white-label operator wing, um, and, and there he's, he's taken on a couple of moxies, going to be running them on behalf of Marriott. That's another way we're going to see the global majors penetrate these sort of lease-orientated markets. But what better way than having the combined brand and operator all in one, one, one box? I think there's going to be a lot of um, owners and investors who are going to prefer that model. And I think this is an opportunity for them. Well, our next topic for discussion is uh, what Accor Hotels are doing with Ibis, which has had something of a brand refresh. Andrew, do you want to tell us a bit more about the uh, the detail? Yes, it's quite fun nipping over to um, the Accor HQ in Paris just to hear about this. Now, so much excitement um, in Accor about where they're going in the luxury segment. In a way, I think there was a sense that maybe we, they were overlooking Ibis, which is Europe's biggest hotel brand by some margin, probably twice the size of its nearest rival. Um, and in terms of Accor, it's about half of Accor's business, if you include Ibis Styles and uh, the former Formula One, Formula e, um now rebranded as um, Ibis Budget. Um, so it's a huge part of Accor's business um, and has not always been seen as perhaps the most exciting, but that was one of the great appeals to investors. Um, they were great bed factories and Accor had a good reputation for running them at minimal cost, um, and just delivering great margins and great returns for investors. Uh, this is an interesting sort of spin on, on the new look. And I, was, I, I spent some time with um, Stephen Taylor, the global brand, um, um, the chief brand officer, as well as his official title is, um, is head honcho for Accor's brands. And he was keen to point out that actually, yes, we're not sort of, totally moving away from this bed factory piece in terms of in terms of the offer for owners but we are adding on these extra frills which are very much coming out of the sharing economy coming out of the experience economy um, and uh, offering all sorts of stuff ranging from being a music venue so they're, they're wanting to host 100 gigs this year um, at different ibises um, around Europe they're going to take some of those the best of those acts and take them to the Ziggit Music Festival in Budapest. Um, so it, it's all super millennial fun, really, in terms of what their their offer is. There, they're also re-spinning the the brand um, image um, so that it's it, it's no longer just this 
very set template um, in terms of its rooms. They're, they've got a range, they've got three different um, room um, stylings um, which have been done by architects based in Asia, in Europe and Latin America and owners can actually um, pick from any of those styles and the rooms themselves now are going to accommodate up to six people in them from one to six there's a lot more flexibility being built into into the offer um, which I, I think the challenge ACOR has is is making it so that it's um, has all these extra frills but offering them in the sort of reassuringly inexpensive way that they historically have um, and keep to keep maintaining that margin. I think that's going to be the challenge for them. And along the way, they've been trying one or two other things, haven't they, Catherine? Uh, they have indeed. Um, so um, Andrew mentions in the Happy, which we'll be reading tomorrow, about the Accor Local. And Accor Local is something that they've been trialling to gain kind of more of an impact in the community. I think um, Sebastian Bazan told the Berlin Conference a couple of years ago that he had his GMs in um, Paris go out and, and find out what the names of their local dry cleaners were because this was something that they didn't know and hotels have found themselves particularly with the rise of airbnb being accused of being less and less part of the community and more and more somewhere where tourists are kind of parachuted in and it's a kind of a closed community that nobody has any interaction with but these closed communities of course have uh, cafes and gyms and all sorts of other exciting things that the community may wish to indulge in um and so they've been trialing Accor local which is um which makes it sound a little bit like an outreach programme, but but um, it's kind of better and with lattes. Um, so I went to look at how it was going in one of the trial sites, um, the Ibis Cambron in Paris, and they had uh, lots of rugs with the Accor Local logo on and one of those kind of pop-up stand things that you get with the Accor Local bit on and uh, table football and somewhere to store your suitcases. And it was all reasonably convincing, but the staff didn't seem to have necessarily the most buy-in that you would expect and um, I, th I think that uh, one of the problems that they'll have with with Accor Local is that possibly Ibis maybe this is why Ibis has been um, renovated the way it has Ibis may not necessarily have been the brand that you would start something with this somewhere where you need quite a lot of staff buy-in and a lot of kind of proactive what are we going to do where, where can we go Interestingly, when, when the last time I spoke to them about Accor Local, they said that one of the greatest successes they'd had was with an Ibis, which was next to a motorbike park. Um, and they'd offered to take in people's helmets for the day. And um, you could leave your helmet and buy a latte for, I think it was five euro, which is just such a fantastically simple, frictionless, money-generating plan. I think this undoubtedly, even if the implementation is, implementation of this is very difficult, this is undoubtedly the way ahead for hotels. And um, I think we'll all be learning from Accor's mistakes on this one. The deal of the week that uh, somewhat surprised us was that uh, British brewing brand Fuller's has decided they're going to make more money running hotels and pubs than they are from brewing beer. Uh, so Catherine, before we all raise a pint of Tokyo pride to this deal, uh, could you run through the details for us? Um, yes, £250 million, um, thank you very much Asahi. And there was nothing, nothing but shock in the pub and brewing journalism community um, at this deal, which came completely out of the left field. Uh, everyone was stunned and in, by very large measure, horrified. But it is true, they do make more money from hotels and pubs. They don't make as much money from brewing. And if you want to make money as a capitalist enterprise, usually <laughs> all you do is focus on the area where you make the most money. So it, make a lot, it made a lot of sense and a lot of people 
made this protest, but Fuller's is such um, an important brand to the brewing psyche, to the drinking public. It's, it's Fuller's. Its main brand is called London Pride. It's been in Chiswick for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, and now it's been sold to a Japanese company. And I'm not really a fan of the idea of necessarily keeping industries in the country in which they're formed. I think there's a lot to be said for globalization and, and all the rest of it, um, ignoring the gilet jaune. But um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> this is a very difficult one for people to swallow. And the problem for, for Fuller's will be whether this continues to be a difficult one for them to swallow once Asahi are under control. All the brewing journalists and the drinking public will be monitoring the quality of the output. And the first time something goes wrong, you can guarantee it's going to be splashed all over the front pages. Um, possibly, you know, not the front page of The Sun or the, or the Telegraph, but the front pages of places where people are interested in real ale drink, which is very important because they are a very opinionated bunch. And mm. that's fine. But for Fuller's, who will be holding on to the brand for the hotels and the pubs, once the core brand is damaged that puts the rest of the business at a great risk. And we've seen this throughout other branding areas. And so for Fuller's to take this risk, and for what many have said that is not the most fantastic price, you or I would be happy to have £250 million. I appreciate that. But it seems like a deal which is fraught with potential for suffering. So we watch the space with interest. Andrew, as a, as a former real ale journalist, you will clearly be monitoring the quality control issues uh, around London Pride <laughs> with great... Yes, I, 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 I am one of those journalists with heavy emotional investment in this. Yeah, I, I was in an earlier life uh, for nearly three years. I was um, the assistant editor of What's Brewing. Um, so, in fact, I have been round the Griffin Brewery um, to to look at how they make the London Pride. And, in fact, uh, London Pride isn't dry hopped. It's one of the few Fuller's beers that isn't dry hopped, um, which is an exciting fact I'm sure My God. the listeners are thrilled <laughs> with. But I won't start talking about original gravity. What I will start talking about, though, is I think this. what's interesting about this Fuller's move, it's in almost 180-degree direction to the move Accor is making with Ibis. So Accor is trying to take Ibis and give it more meaning, more provenance. And um, what Fuller's is doing is taking out. It's got the best provenance, the best meaning you could have in terms of beer, this connection they have with that. I mean, what's greater than going into a London pub owned by a London brewer um, and enjoying that overall hospitality is a fantastic brand offering message, which has just been destroyed now with this sale of the brewery. Now, you know, and it was still profitable, this fabulous marketing extra that had this unique barrier, which they had against rivals they've just wrecked it by flogging this off i think it's entirely short-termist and um really annoying <laughs> <laughs> so how long before the uh, the fuller's pub and hotel empire gets taken out by somebody else then if the brand's going to be eroded well well possibly i mean i, th I think one of the things is with with a lot of these 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 um, rooms above pubs is you know in terms of a pure accommodation offer they're extremely problematic they simply don't have the scale so i mean if you look at the you know uh, a premier inn or a travel lodge you you're seeking to head towards the sort of triple digit numbers of rooms and most of these places that have you know you barely getting into double digits in terms of the number of rooms so as a scale sort of a beds business they're not terrific and so they've got the, they've got challenges there um so how you know and and the the people running them have got to deal with the the, the beds bit and they've got to deal with the 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 
beer and restaurant bit as well so um, it, it, it takes quite special people I guess um, just as if to hark back to the Accor piece just as you know one of the I think personally one of the real positives about about these changes is that we're going to have to start looking on the people in the industry and, and celebrating all their skill sets in those so there's such a broad range of skill sets they're going to need to do this well and we were you know 20 euros an hour I don't think that's enough to pay them actually what we're going to be requiring them to do and actually if we start paying them really well they're going to be able to start delivering really interesting um, services and experiences to guests and the, the company's going to be able to charge that much more because if you know I'm served by someone in a Fuller's pub that I can have a chat with about you know original gravity and all that kind of stuff that makes me feel special and good and I'll pay an extra you know, 30 40 percent on my beer because um because I'm happy to do it I can afford to do that if I get that great experience there um which which is possible um but that's possible only if you invest in the staff and it's just so frustrating for me to see this short-termist what i consider a short-termist approach by um well there we are that's uh that's about it as andrew goes off to cry into his beer and catherine and i work out which of us is going to offer him a sake chaser we'll wish you uh good luck until next week i always get those <laughs> <laughs>